It's a Tuesday in September. That can only mean one thing, and I'm so pumped. I'm vibrating. I'm so pumped about this. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled, as always, by our good friends at Nerd Tees. And welcome to week one, folks. 2018-2019 NFL football pick show, week one picks we've waited for them for weeks and weeks and weeks i've kept you satiated with the cfl picks but this is really what we've been waiting for the main event nfl picks and they're finally back if you're a subscriber from years past first of all welcome back thank you so much i could not do this without your continued support and if you've listened to the show before you know essentially exactly what the format is going to be we go through every single game Every week gives us a minute or two to talk about each game, which I love that I'm able to touch on every single game. Nobody's team feels left out because I get a chance to talk about all of them. If you're a new viewer, if you've come over, say, from the CFL Pick Show or come over from some other piece of content that I've done, welcome to the NFL Football Pick Show. This is the main thing that I do every single year. It's in a podcast format, and that's where we start sort of with the explanations. This is, yes, it is a YouTube show, will always be primarily a YouTube show. However, if you have SoundCloud, if you use iTunes, you can also get the podcast on the go. You don't have to have the YouTube video going. You can get it on your mobile, on the go, SoundCloud app, iTunes on your phone. There's all kinds of different ways to get the NFL football pick show. On YouTube, obviously, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube. That's where everything is located, essentially, that I do. SoundCloud, it's also Bridgewater's Finest iTunes. Search Bridgewater's Finest in the iTunes store. You're going to find this podcast. Subscribe. Boom. It's right there for you. I've also got a Snapchat that's specific to the YouTube channel, specific to the show, where I put in some behind-the-scenes content. I just put one on just before I started recording. The Snapchat is BWF underscore 902. So add me on Snapchat, you get some before the show, during the show, after the show stuff, whatever I kind of feel like snapping at the time, you get content you don't get anywhere else. So you can get me across the social medias, YouTube, Snapchat, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, you can get me on Twitter if you don't have me on Twitter, the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, there's all kinds of ways to get at your boy. So again, like I said, the way we do the show, the format's really not changing from last season. We get a minute or two to talk about every single game. We talk about them straight up. We talk about them against the spread. We talk about the total. So we get the betting picks in there and we get the straight up picks. My top four picks of the week, obviously my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. That's not changing from seasons past either. I keep my stats for those picks specifically. Those are my four favorite games of the week. Whether they're the ones I'm the most confident in or not, that'll kind of vary from week to week, but they are the four games that I want to put the most focus on. So that's the platinum, the gold, the silver, and the bronze, and those are of course back. Something else that's back, of course, if you were watching the channel yesterday, I made a little video about this, the Pick'em Leagues. So for this season, of course, the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em for Season 7 is back. We are ready to roll in that league. If you've been in it in leagues past, I did send you an invitation, but not everybody gets that in their email. Could have gone to junk mail, whatever. You go to football.fantasysports.yahoo.com forward slash pick'em. You click the button that says join group. The group ID for our pick'em is 3361. The password is to go right across the number line on your keyboard, 123456789. There's also the NFL YouTube Prognosticators official pick'em. That one is against the spread, whereas ours, of course, is just straight up with the coveted confidence point system. But the NFL YouTube Prog's pick'em is against the spread. 
to join that one again football.fantasysports.yahoo.com click the link that says join group you're going to want to put in 3339 as the group id the password is simply prog p-r-o-g one thing we've also incorporated this year is a survival pool. There is only one official survival pool of the NFL YouTube prognosticators. That is Hatbox's survival pool. To join that, football.fantasysports.yahoo.com forward slash survival. You go to join group. It's 4402. And the password, once again, is simply prog. P-R-O-G. So you can get your straight up picks against mine. You can get your against the spread picks against mine. You can get your survival pick against mine. Mine's an interesting one for the first week, but I feel really, really good about it. Make sure you join those pools. Put your picks up against mine. Put your picks up against other lovely, 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 incredible NFL YouTube prognosticators. I almost stumbled there, but I kind of brought it back. So put your picks up straight up against the spread survival picks. Put them all up against folks that do this quote-unquote professionally. And of course, if you go to the description of the YouTube video, you're going to find all of that information. You're going to find my results from the previous week and, of course, my total results on the season. You're going to find my straight-up against the spread and over-under plays for the current week in the NFLs. So you're going to find all of those plays in the description to the YouTube video. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, which we talk football all week long. That's the place that you want to be for that. You're going to find information on joining the Pick'em Pools like we just talked about. And you're going to find links to other high-quality NFL YouTube prognosticators who get out here and do this every single week you're also going to find information on nerd tees nerdtees.ca promo code bwfinest you go on there you save yourself 15 percent at checkout you get free shipping in canada on any order over 50 bucks and if you're in the u.s you get a great bounce on the conversion from the u.s dollar Ruby's website, nerdtees.ca, does also do the conversion for you. You can choose whether you're seeing things in Canadian dollars or U.S. dollars. Nice and convenient. There's great blends and brews on there. I believe it's still either close to 100 or over 100 different tea blends on nerdtees.ca so you can find something that you're going to enjoy. Nerdtees.ca and hit that promo code BWFINEST. So I'm stumbling and bumbling over myself a little bit. I'm just so, I'm so bloody excited that we've finally gotten back to this. We will wait no longer. Let's get into the picks for week one of the 2018 NFL regular season. We are going to kick things off in the city of brotherly love, home of the Phillies, 76ers, Flyers, and in this case, the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, as they are going to play host to an NFC rival, those being the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, the big story for the Eagles, Nick Foles, will still be at quarterback for the Eagles. Carson Wentz not ready to go in week one. So the last time Philadelphia stepped on a football field to play a game that mattered, just so happened to be the Super Bowl, Nick Foles was the quarterback. That game went fairly well. Eagles had the number seven total offense in the NFL last season, falling just three yards short of number six Jacksonville and scored 28.6 points per game. It's worth saying the vast majority of that was with Carson Wentz behind center, not Nick Foles. My personal opinion is when Nick Foles had to take over, the off I mean the offense took a down tick and it was measurable. Like it's 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 not debatable, it's it's numbers. It was the defense that really carried that team and I think really carried them to a championship, which is what your defense is supposed to do. Funny we mentioned that the Eagles were the number seven total offense. The Atlanta Falcons were the number eight total offense, but weren't as opportunistic with putting points on the board, weren't nearly actually, as the Eagles were. Eagles, like we mentioned, averaged 28.6. Atlanta only averaged 22.1. So like the only team that was scoring on that same level that had more total yards than them were the hard luck Los Angeles Chargers. On the defensive side, this is also a battle of two top 10 total defenses from last season. The Eagles, the number four total defense in football, allowing only 4,904 yards in total in their regular season last season and only giving up 18.4 points per game. Atlanta, 
actually pretty damn comparable to that. They were the number nine total defense in football, allowed 5,094 yards, but only gave up 19.7 points per game. That Falcons defense was underrated last season. It'll be interesting to see whether they're still surprising people in 2018. In general, in a battle where the defenses or the offenses are mostly comparable, I would defer to whoever has the edge in the other one. And in this case, with two comparable defenses, at least from a scoring perspective, I would tend to skew with the hometown Eagles. I'm not going to go that way, though. Look, call me call me a hater. Call me a, a non-believer. Call me whatever you want. I don't know. I'm not, I guess I'm not a believer. I just, I don't have faith necessarily in Nick Foles still. And look, he proved me wrong. He won the Super Bowl. I, I'm, I have to stand here and put my hand up and say, look, I was wrong about Nick Foles, but how long is he going to keep doing it? And against a really good team in Atlanta that I think travels all right like they travel I think fairly well I just think this is a much tougher game for Philly than maybe a lot of Eagles fans would consider it worth pointing out the Falcons were five and three on the road last year and only lost three games total to NFC opponents so look it's an underdog pick for me right out the gate I'm gonna take the Atlanta Falcons on the road to go into Philly and hang a shocking L on the defending Super Bowl champion. And this is one thing that I'm going to do, at least when I do the straight up picks uh, this week. I'm, I'm going to tell you how many people in the Yahoo Pick'em game are actually on my side with my picks. So this is actually only a 24%er. 24% of people who are picking in the Yahoo game are going with Atlanta. Sorry for the ambulance noise, perils of living right beside a hospital, but I am going to be taking the Falcons here on the road in Philly to hang a shocking loss on the Eagles coming off of the Super Bowl win. Eagles are favored by two and a half points on the line at home, so obviously we like Atlanta to win, so I'm going to take Atlanta's side of that, Atlanta plus two and a half. It'll probably be a close game either way you slice it. Total in the game is 45, and that's one of those middling numbers, and get used to hearing that phrase because I use it a lot. 45 is the very definition of a middling number. It's a mid-40. So the two offenses, they can certainly score points. Like I mentioned, though, Atlanta gets a lot of yards, doesn't necessarily put the points on the board that go along with the, that yardage, and Philly, most of their offensive firepower took place with Nick Foles under center, or sorry, with not with Nick Foles under center. See, good Lord, I'm so, I'm so nervous I get to be talking to you guys again. So most of it took place with Carson Wentz under center. So he's not under center, and with Nick Foles, the offense did take a step backwards and the defense had to go and win the game. Two great scoring defenses from last season. I think you got to take under on this number. Again, it's middling. It could kind of go either way. But let's go under 45 points in Atlanta, Philadelphia. Let's see if we can do better in this second game here. A battle of the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, both of these teams have some interesting storylines going into this game. Cleveland with the the all-in move, basically, and maybe, who knows, maybe they were just doing it for hard knocks, but the all-in to bring in the caliber of players that they brought in on their roster. You're talking about bringing in a Jarvis Landry, who is an impact offensive player. Carlos Hyde, who can put up numbers at the running back position. Drafting a guy like Nick Chubb, who I think will also be able to put up numbers at the running back position. Drafting on the defensive side of the ball as well. Cleveland is a significantly better football team today than they were at the tail end of last season where they didn't win a game. They're, they're going to win games this year. I don't necessarily know it's going to be against Pittsburgh, but the one thing that is kind of going in their favor, which is the Pittsburgh storyline, is, look, Le'Veon Bell has not practiced yet. And we're recording this Tuesday morning. If he don't practice today or tomorrow and sign that franchise tender, I mean, he may not play in this game. And that makes capping this game incredibly difficult. Add on to that the whole Joe Hayden storyline from last season. Obviously, these two teams be playing in the same division are incredible rivals. And Pittsburgh always seems to, and I don't want to be derisive when I say this, but Pittsburgh always seems to play down to Cleveland. These games always wind up being incredibly, incredibly tight. And with Cleveland playing at home, 
I can't blame you if you're one of the 9% of people on the Yahoo Pick'em game that are actually taking Cleveland to win this thing straight up. I cannot blame you. With the whole Bell thing, I have to think this is a repeat of last season where he didn't sign the franchise tender for a long, 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 long time, kind of like right to up till the 11th hour, and then he finally signed it because what does an NFL player hate to do? They hate to actually miss game checks. So I, I have to believe it's just going to be a repeat of that. I got to believe he's going to sign the tender either today or tomorrow, get in pads, get a practice in, and be ready for this football game. Given that, I have to take Pittsburgh because look, they're just, they're just a better football team from top to bottom. Juju Smith-Schuster lining up alongside Antonio Brown this season. Juju had a great season last season. He's going to be looking to eclipse 1,000 yards this year as well. Ben Roethlisberger, is this his last best chance to win a championship? If you listened to part four of episode zero, you know that I'm taking the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl on the AFC side. Is this Roethlisberger's last best chance? If it is, he can't be losing to Cleveland in week one. So I am going to stick and go with Pittsburgh in this game. And I am lining up with 91% of the pickers on Yahoo. Keen-eared listeners may be able to hear the sound of a flushing toilet behind me. And part of the reason that that is currently happening is when we talk about this game against the spread... Cleveland is a four-point underdog at home. Typically, I would think, oh my God, well, Pittsburgh's a much better team. Hammer the Pittsburgh minus four. But I have to concede the possibility that Le'Veon Bell does not play in this game. I have to concede the possibility that Cleveland is a much better football team. And these teams already play each other incredibly, incredibly tightly. Now, granted, those new players on Cleveland's side have never been in that position before. They've never been in the dog pound with Pittsburgh there, and they've never had to face the 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 just the mental game that is a Browns Steelers matchup. But I kind of got to hold my nose here and take Cleveland plus four. I got to hedge my bets because it's more than a field goal and. I don't know about the Le'Veon Bell situation. So I assume that Bell will play, but if he doesn't play, that only lends more credence to the idea of Cleveland plus four. This becomes a very, very tight game in my opinion. So we're going to go Cleveland plus four. Total in the game is 45 and a half points. I think I have to stick under on it because who knows what we're actually going to get in a regular season game from this Browns offense, this newly created Browns offense. Pittsburgh's defense was fairly good last year, I believe. Cleveland's was not, but hopefully with the changes they've made on that side of the ball that they would wind up getting better. I mean, Pittsburgh was the number three total offense last season, and I believe they were like top five, yeah, number five total defense. So, I mean, they were a great team across the board, and Cleveland very much was not. But I think we're going to take the under in this one. Too many factors going against it going over, so we'll go under. 45 and a half points in Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Let's go to Indianapolis now where the Colts are going to play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a pretty interesting matchup actually because it's two teams that are not on a lot of people's radars and they get to go head to head in the very first week. Major storyline here for the Colts is obvious. Andrew Luck looks like he's trending towards playing in week one. Even if he doesn't play in week one, he should be playing again soon, which is such a sigh of relief for Colts fans and Colts management because that team ain't built to win without Andrew Luck. They showed it last season. The second worst total offense in football only scored 16.4 points per game. And on the defensive side, it wasn't much prettier. Third worst total defense in the NFL last season and gave up over 25. But certainly no matchup of powerhouse offenses. Cincinnati, the worst total offense in the NFL last season. Dead last, number 32. So this is a battle of the number 31 and 32 total offenses from last season, only averaging just a little bit over 280 yards per game. Most of that coming through the air, but that's still sub 200 yards a game. The run offense was not good last year, and they only scored 18 points a game. 
On the defensive side, they were a little bit better. I lost them here. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Here we go. They were kind of middle of the pack. They were the number 18 total defense, which is not terrible. They allowed a little over 21 points a game, actually just under 22. So, I mean, look, they weren't great, but they weren't a total tire fire on the defensive side. So the real question here is, what are we going to get? from Andrew Luck and what is a Bengals defense that is good what are they going to give Andrew Luck you've also got to believe that if Cincinnati is finally committed to the the fact that that Joe Mixon is their number one running back hopefully their run offense improves from last season because they weren't really willing to make that commitment on a full season basis last season but Jeremy Hill's not there anymore Gio Bernard very clearly the RB2 is still going to be a bit of a committee approach but I think Joe Mixon should wind up on the 65 side of that rather than the 35. Kind of surprising here too, that 71% of pickers on Yahoo are backing the Colts in this one. I guess everyone's just like, well, Andrew Luck's back, so this is their best chance to win. It's also Andrew Luck's first regular season NFL football game in what, almost two years? Maybe more than two years? I think I got to play it conservative in this one, especially where Cincinnati is one of those teams that I can't cap worth a damn. I try and I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just simply can't do it. I'm going to play it conservative here. I am actually going to take the Bengals in this one to go into Indy and beat the Colts. I mean, look, the Bengals were obviously a better football team than the Colts were last season. Colts were only 4-12. and 12. Bengals were 7-9. and nine. So, I mean, look, they were a better football team. They did win three games on the road last season. Colts only won three games at home. So, I mean, that's kind of a push there. And, like, so Cincinnati was able to show that they could win games on the road, not... A ton of them, but they could at least win some games on the road. So I, I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. If I'm wrong about it, I'm wrong about it. But I don't know. I just, you look, you take your quarterback that hasn't really played a regular season NFL game in a long time, and it's tough to throw him right back in there and say, well, he's going to win his first time out. So we're going to take the Bengals there against a bad defense in Indy. Cincinnati beats the Colts. On the line, Colts are favored by three points at home in this one. I I can't. I mean, even if I was taking the Colts to win, I don't think I'd be taking them by a full field goal over a team that was better than them last year. So let's take Cincy plus three. Total in the game is 47 points. I still have to stick under on it because it's two really terrible offenses from last season who, granted, I think are going to be better. And Indy's defense was absolutely terrible last year. But... It's 47 points. It's a high number. I don't know what I'm going to get from Andrew Luck. I don't know what I'm going to get from the Bengals on offense, period. So we're going to stick under a large number, a larger number than I would have thought this game would have. Stay under 47 points in Cincy, Indianapolis. Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins are going to play host to Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. Miami looking to improve on a season last year that saw them be the number 25 total offense in football, only score 17.6 points per game, which was close to the bottom of the league. And on the defensive side, you know, better middle of the pack, kind of like a Cincinnati, number 16 total defense in football, but allowed just over 24 points per game so didn't really translate a middling total defense into keeping points off the board long story short you can score on the Miami Dolphins that is good news for a Tennessee Titans offense that was only the number 23 total offense in football scored just under 21 points per game last season and the general consensus is the offense took a step back that I don't think a lot of people were expecting them to take that starts at the quarterback position Marcus Mariota has to be better. He has to be better than he was last season for the Titans to have any shot. I think he will be better than he was last season. I've taken Mariota as a backup quarterback in a couple of fantasy leagues just because I think they are going to throw the ball more this year and I think he is going to be better. I'm going to be interested to see what Tennessee's run offense looks like this year. Now that DeMarco Murray has retired and they have really given Derrick Henry the proverbial ball. I mean, look, in terms of the run offense... Even though Tennessee's offense wasn't great last year, they were the number 15 run offense in football. 
just under 115 yards per game. So they could definitely run the rock last season. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Derrick Henry. They've brought Deion Lewis in now, which will help Marcus Mariota's numbers in a big, bad way. Lewis catching passes out of the backfield. And speaking of quarterbacks, let's go over to Miami where Ryan Tannehill is back. What are we going to get from Ryan Tannehill? Especially what are we going to get from Ryan Tannehill given that his best weapon is no longer on the team and his second best weapon in Devontae Parker is probably not going to play week one. If you are doing daily fantasy, it might be worth rolling with a guy like Kenny Stills because Tennessee was only the number 25 pass defense in football last season, allowed 239 yards per game through the air. So, I mean, look, Kenny Stills might be worth playing in daily fantasy, but that's, I think, about the only bright spot for Miami in this football game. I don't expect a lot this season from Kenyon Drake. Everybody else seems to. I don't know. I guess I'm not convinced. And Tennessee was a top five run defense last season. So I'll be interested to see what he does right out of the gate. I'm going to take Tennessee in this one, even though the game is in Miami. Let's take the Titans. And I am lining up with 79% of pickers on the Yahoo game and saying that let's take the Titans. On the line, Miami's a point and a half dog at home, so this is a very close game on the line. Vegas, not 100% sure exactly how to cap this thing. So I obviously like Tennessee there, minus a point and a half. If I like them to win the game, that's not very much. So let's take Tennessee, minus 1.5. Total in the game is 45 points, and once again, I have to take the under. I realize that's four straight unders, but... Uh, what are we going to get from these offenses? Like the defenses can kind of play football, even though, like I mentioned, you can definitely score on Miami. But if Tennessee was a better offense last season, I might have been tempted to go above that middling number. See, there we go. Said it again to go above the number, but I'm not. So we're going to stay under 45 points in Tennessee, Miami. Let's go to Foxborough, Massachusetts now, where the New England Patriots will kick off their 2018 campaign playing host to Deshaun Watson, the returning Deshaun Watson, and the Houston Texans. Returning is a good way to describe the Houston Texans this season just in general because now, like I said, you've got Deshaun Watson coming back. You've got pieces on that defense that were injured last season who look to be ready to roll. Houston is an underdog team here, man. Houston is not just in this matchup, but just in the season as a whole. Houston's a dark horse. If you have big faith in the Houston Texans, I really can't blame you because I think they're going to do some damage this season. DeAndre Hopkins obviously may be the happiest person in football now to have Deshaun Watson back under center. I mean, Hopkins thrived with Deshaun Watson, and he I think he is in line to have a huge season along with Will Fuller the fifth. He's obviously sort of the understated member of this receiving core. I think Will Fuller's going to have an incredible season. I've tried to target him in fantasy leagues because, look, as a wide receiver for like a sort of streaming flex option, I think Will Fuller is one of the best ones in the league. Houston, obviously, while Deshaun Watson was in there, was dynamic on offense, scoring a bunch of points, getting a bunch of yards. He got hurt. The wheels really fell off of that thing. Houston finishing the season as just the number 20 total offense in football, scoring just barely over 21 points per game, whereas New England sat number one. 6,307 yards of offense last season, just under 400 yards per game, scored uh, around 28, 29 points per game. They obviously, on the offensive side, once again, were one of the classes of the NFL. On the defensive side, however, completely different story. Houston finishing also as the number 20 total defense in football last season. New England was 29th. They were the fourth worst total defense in football last year. You could throw on them, you could run on them, and yet somehow they only allowed 18.5 points per game. Houston, on the other end, would bend, 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 and they would break. Houston gave up 27.3 points per game last season. That is way, way, way too many. Houston will absolutely be improving on that this season, so long as they can keep those defensive pieces healthy. Texans typically do not travel well. They only went 1-7 and seven on the road last season. Of course, that was in a 4-12 and 12 season, so obviously they didn't win a lot of football games, period. 
Meanwhile, New England, they just kind of went about their thing last season. I mean, they were 6-2 and two at home. They only lost two games to AFC opponents all season last season. Uh, layup for New England, right? Don't make the mistake of thinking that this Patriots team is the same as last season. This Patriots team is markedly markedly worse off on offense in terms of the weapons available to them than they were last season. Yes, they've still got Tom Brady. Yes, they've still got Rob Gronkowski. Yes, when they get down inside the five, it's going to be the exact same play that everyone knows is coming, but nobody can stop. So look, there are things about this team that's going to be the same. But it's not the same team weapons-wise. They just don't have the hands, especially early in the season. I don't know that they have the hands to put up points on what I think will be a good Houston Texans defense. On the flip side of that, Houston now does have the tools back in order to put up that big yardage on New England and to finish, to put up points, to put points on the board, to really put pressure on an elite team very early in the season. You might not have heard it here first, folks, but you are hearing it here. The Houston Texans go into New England and upset the Patriots in week one. What a game this is going to be. What a storyline this would be. And I'm going with it. Not many people are going with me. Uh, 8% of people picking on Yahoo are taking the Texans in this football game. I am okay with that. I like Houston in New England to hang a loss on the Patriots. Call it a gut feeling. I like the Texans. On the line, Patriots favored by minus 6 at home. And typically, oh my god, you get the Patriots under a touchdown? Like, hammer, hammer, hammer that line. But, I mean, look... I like the Texans to win, so I'm going to go Houston plus six. Total in this game, 51. I think I have to go over on it because, look, I mean, it is Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady will score his points. And it is this Houston offense that looked great with Deshaun Watson before he got hurt. So I got to believe this game doesn't maybe doesn't fly over the 51 total, but I do think it goes over. So let's go over 51 points in Houston, New England. Let's go to New York now. Giants are going to play host here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, Jacksonville coming off of that great season last season where they finished 10-6 and and won the AFC South. Giants coming off of an incredibly disappointing 2017 campaign, just 3-13 and on the season last year. And I mean, it was ugly for the Giants last year. They were the number 21 total offense. Couldn't really move the ball all that effectively, especially on the ground. Only scored 15.4 points per game. On the defensive side, look, they were, you know, what's the word? Uh... Probably not that great. Um, 24.3 points per game allowed. They allowed just under 6,000 yards of total offense against their defense, which puts them pretty darn close to the bottom of the league. Second worst total defense. What they have done is they addressed that run game in the draft, obviously, by taking Saquon Barkley number two, who I think everyone thinks is going to have an explosive rookie campaign. So they've done that. They've still got Odell Beckham in that receiving core. He is going to be able to put up big numbers so long as Eli Manning's arm does not fall off. That's what really troubles me about the Giants is after Eli, who is getting older and who is in decline, they don't have anybody. They have nobody back there, which is why I really did think the Giants should have gone quarterback in the draft. I'm not going to sit here and say Saquon Barkley was a bad pick, but I really feel like they should have gone quarterback in the draft because the quarterback of the future is not in that room right now. You go over to Jacksonville, and obviously Leonard Fournette was one of the revelations of last season. 141.4 yards per game on the ground had them, I believe they were indeed, the number one run offense in football last season. That led them to 26.1 points per game. That is in the top five of the league last year. Jacksonville on offense definitely improving things by focusing on the ground game. And the defense, look, they were the number two total defense in football last year. Gave up under 17 points per game. You could run on them, but man, is it ever difficult to pass on that secondary, at least from last season. 
you know, members of the Jacksonville defense can talk all they want. And I, I won't mention it's he who shall not be named because he's already getting enough attention. So they can talk all they want. Uh, you would be killed in the NHL. But you can talk all you want. But like Ray Lewis said, the bottom line is you got to buckle up your chin strap and play. So Jacksonville's got to do it again. They got to buckle up the chin strap and they've got to do it again. Sure, they were 10 and 6 last year, but this has been a bad football team for a long time prior to last season. So they've got to buckle up and they've got to do it again. Obviously, the focus for the Giants is going to have to be Leonard Fournette. If you can put eight in the box and stop Leonard Fournette and force Blake Bortles to have to beat you in the pass game, it's going to be a little bit easier given that Marquise Lee is not is out for the season. So, I mean, you're looking at throwing to D.D. Westbrook and a rookie and whatever. Not a lot of options in the pass game. So, they really have to focus on stopping Leonard Fournette. And if they can keep Leonard Fournette to average numbers... The Giants have a great chance to win this football game because Saquon, I think, is going to be able to run on Jacksonville. So you know what? Let's see it. Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants open the season by beating the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Only 22% of people picking on the Yahoo game are going along with me in this one, but I'm okay with that. I'm going to take the Giants at home, get a huge, huge win very early in the season, start it off on the right foot, and beat Jacksonville. On the line, Giants are three-point dogs at home. I like them to win the game. Let's take New York plus three. Even if I'd taken the Jags to win, I'd probably go New York side of it anyway to hedge my bets. Total in this game, 43.5 points. I think you're going to have to take the under on this one because I think the Giants defense is going to be better this year. And again, there's a lot of question marks on this game on the offensive side. How much longer before Eli Manning just turns to powder? Who is Blake Bortles even going to throw the ball to that's not a popcorn vendor? So a lot of questions on the offensive side in this game. So let's stick with the under, under 43 and a half points. Let's go to Baltimore now where you find one of my most confident picks of the week. The Ravens at home facing the Buffalo Bills. And look, I'm not even going to really take a ton of time on this game. I'm going Baltimore here all day simply because Nathan Peterman is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He is an interception machine. Uh, the Bills' offensive line looks terrible. And LaShawn McCoy is the only weapon I would say that they have on offense right now. So good luck trying to protect LaShawn McCoy. He's going to get a ton of volume, but I mean, what's he going to do with it? So I like Baltimore here all day as a good defense that plays better at home. 92% of people picking on the Yahoo game are along with me in this one. I'm going to go Baltimore to beat Buffalo. This was one of the toughest lines that I had to pick this week. Baltimore's favored by a full touchdown at home. If I could get that thing under a touchdown, I'd hammer it without a second thought. But it's a full touchdown. It's exactly seven points. Originally, I did take Buffalo plus seven here because I can't give that kind of credit to the Baltimore Ravens on the offensive side. Because offensively, outside of Alex Collins, I don't really know exactly what this team is going to do. So I, it's, it, it was a tough one for me. But I think at the end of the day, Buffalo's not going to be able to protect their mediocre quarterback. They're not going to be able to protect their can be very good running back, but where is he going to find the room to run against a good front seven against Baltimore? Let's take Baltimore minus seven because who knows what Buffalo's going to do on the offensive side. Total in the game is 40 and a half points. I kind of think I have to go under on it, even though it is the smallest number of the week, only 40 and a half. I think I still have to go under because, I mean, again, what are you going to get offensively from the Buffalo Bills? So let's go under 40 and a half points. Let's go to Los Angeles now. Battle of the AFC West. Chargers playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Two of the best young running backs in the NFL going head-to-head -head in this game. Melvin Gordon taking on Kareem Hunt. I kind of mentioned it earlier in the show, the hard luck LA Chargers. I don't think there's a team that had worse football luck last season than the LA Chargers. How many games did they lose on 
a muffed field goal or a field goal that hit an upright or a game that should have gone to overtime and, and didn't because of the very last play of the game. Like such terrible luck for the Chargers last year. You got to believe that eventually that turns around. The Chiefs, not exactly in upheaval, but uh, certainly going to face some changes this season. The most notable one being, this is Patrick Mahomes' football team now. Huge arm, but let's see what he does as the number one guy. Chargers scored at a slightly above league average pace last season, 22 points per game, but they were a top five total offense, put up a ton of yards last season. It'll be interesting to see how that yardage takes a bit of a hit with not having Hunter Henry, but look... Antonio Gates is back as the tight end of the Los Angeles Chargers, and that just feels right. Chiefs were right behind the Chargers in terms of total offense last season. Number five, they did more with it. They were more opportunistic with the yardage that they did get, especially on the ground. Obviously, like I mentioned with Kareem Hunt, led the league in rushing last year. 25.9 points per game. So, I mean, they, they can definitely score their points, but it is a different quarterback. It is maybe a slightly different system. I would have to imagine that there were some ways that that coaching staff needed to change up the system a little bit based on who the new starting quarterback is. I think it's going to be kind of sink or swim for Patrick Mahomes very early in the season. I think they're going to take the leash off of him for the first few games and really see what they have in this guy before kind of reining him back in. That's going to be a huge test for the defense, but... In my opinion, the Chargers are probably up for that challenge, certainly more so than the Chiefs. Chargers kind of middle of the pack last season, number 15 total defense in football. The Chiefs, the fifth worst total defense in football last season. Now, they did only give up 21.2 points per game, which is actually pretty decent, you know, in terms of the entire NFL. The Chargers, this is an underrated defense still. You can run on them, but good luck putting up points. Only 17 points per game allowed in the regular season last season. That was very, very high up in the league. That was a number three scoring defense behind only elite teams like Minnesota and Jacksonville and better than the Super Bowl winning Eagles. So, the Chargers can play some defense, can keep some points off the board, but let's be real. The running backs are going to decide this game. If Melvin Gordon outperforms Kareem Hunt, San Diego's going to win the game. Oh, San Diego. Sorry. Los Angeles. See, it's it's still in there. If Melvin Gordon outperforms him, LA's going to win the game. If Kareem outperforms Gordon, then Kansas City's probably going to win the game. But a really interesting game. I can't wait to watch this one. I think this is going to be the battle for this division. So that makes these games extra, extra interesting. And we get one right away in week one. But I'm actually going to take the hometown team here. I'm going to take the Chargers at home to beat the Chiefs. 65% of pickers on Yahoo are going with me in this one. So it's kind of a coin flip, but I'm going to take the Chargers. On the line, the Chargers are three and a half point favorites at home, and I just feel like that's too much in a division game. KC could very easily win this football game, and three and a half points, if it was under a field goal, like take a full point away from that, two and a half, I'd probably take the Chargers side of it, but that three and a half, it's over a field goal, it's that extra half point, it's just a little too much for me, so I'm going to hedge my bets on this one, and I'm going to go KC plus three and a half total in the game 47 and a half points oh for a game where there's probably going to be a ton of running the football i think i gotta stick under on this one and that's what four five six seven unders in the first eight games that we've talked about so i mean i i get it like i'm really i'm playing with fire on these unders here but that number is just a little bit too high for me if it was one of the middling ones, like a 45-something, maybe I would have taken the over. But I'm going to stick under on that because I think a lot of the clock is going to be chewed up by these running backs. Let's go to the Mile High City now. Denver playing host to the Seattle Seahawks here in Week 1. Denver, boy, I, defensively, I don't think there's any questions about what this defense is going to be capable of doing. Offensively, oh boy. Denver did very well running the football last season. Just under 116 yards per game on the ground. So they could run the ball. Don't get me wrong. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball again this season. But what I have to question is this decision making in not having uh, Royce Freeman 
as your undisputed number one starter and Devontae Booker being the second stringer. Freeman's a better player. And we've seen that in the preseason. I think we can just see that in the metrics. Freeman is just a better player. Bit of a committee approach. Looks like Devontae Booker is number one on the depth chart heading into the season. I'm sure that will change very quickly. Speaking of things that will hopefully change very quickly, here's hoping for the sake of Seahawks fans that Seattle has tried to do something to fix that offensive line. Because they have explosive players on the offensive side, led by Russell Wilson, the only guy that touches the ball on every single play. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback, but they can't protect him and his wheels aren't going to last forever. Eventually they're going to fall off and something bad's going to happen to him. So hopefully Seattle has figured out a way to keep their quarterback protected. Obviously a lot of questions heading into this season about what Seattle's defense is going to look like. And given that Seattle does not travel very well, and, and haven't for quite some time. You're going into Denver, which is a difficult building to win in. I believe if you ask Billy B, the Denver Broncos are pretty damn good in either season openers or home openers or both. I think I got to take Denver in this one. This is an absolute coin flip game, not only for me, but for the people picking in the Yahoo game. 54 to 46 is the split right now. So it's a real 50-50 football game here. I am going to take the edge to the home team. On the line, Broncos are favored by three full points at home. This is probably the second most difficult uh, line for me to try to cap because it's legitimately just one of those games that could go either way. So I think I got to hedge my bets here and take Seattle plus three. I think that's the smarter play. Even though I do think Denver wins the game, this could be uh, you know a last second field goal situation to win the football game. So let's take Seattle plus three. Total in the game is 42 points. Uh, it's a low number. It's what the second lowest total that we're going to look at this week. Yeah, exactly. Second lowest after uh, Baltimore Buffalo. That's so tough. I think I actually have to go over on that because I think Denver is going to be able to score their points uh, both in the past game and running the football once they realize that Royce Freeman is the way to go. Seattle, I think, will score their points as well. They just keep finding ways to score points, even though Denver's got a good defense. So it's a low number. Let's go over 42 points in Seattle, Denver. Let's head out to the desert now. Arizona going to play host to the Washington Redskins. Won't spend a ton of time on this game because this was two not great teams from last season. But I think the real X factor here and why I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals to win the football game, not only that Washington doesn't particularly travel all that well, but Arizona may be getting back well, is certainly getting back their most dynamic player, but it's getting back one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, that being DJ David Johnson. So look, he missed pretty much all of last season, if not all of last season with a variety of injuries, most notably the wrist injury, but he's coming back and I can't think of a hungrier player heading into this season than David Johnson. He's been on the shelf for a long time. He's got to be ready to gear things up and really do some damage. He's going to have to because who knows what they're going to get out of their pass offense. Sure, you got Larry Fitzgerald there, but obviously you've got an unproven quarterback. So should win the football game in kind of a walk because obviously there's a lot of questions with the Washington Redskins as well. Let's take Arizona straight up at home to beat Washington. And 76% of people picking in the Yahoo game are with me on that one. Quick correction on my part. I said unproven quarterback because I had completely forgotten that Arizona had brought in Sam Bradford. So, I mean, Sam Bradford, I think, is um, obviously a more proven quarterback at uh, at this level than, than, uh, than Josh Rosen is. For whatever reason, I felt like it was going to be Josh Rosen. But that's right. They brought in Sam Bradford. So that's an uptick as well. On the line, this game is a pick'em, and so obviously we like Arizona to win, so we're going to take Arizona as the pick'em. 
Total in the game is 44 points. I think you've got to go over on it. Neither one of these defenses, I think, were particularly impressive from a scoring perspective. Let's take a look here. Washington tied for the number 27 scoring defense last season. Arizona was the number 19, both allowing well over 20 points per game. So I think we got to take the over on this one. Total is 44. Let's go over 44 points. Let's go to Carolina now for one of my other most confident picks this week. That is the Carolina Panthers at home taking on the Dallas Cowboys. 77% of pickers in the Yahoo game are on the Carolina Panthers, and so am I. The reason that I'm on Carolina here primarily is that Dallas, who knows what Dallas is going to get out of Dak Prescott and the pass game. Who are they even throwing to? So it's again, it's it was a, it's another situation like uh, like uh, one of the teams that we talked about earlier is who are you throwing the ball to? Buffalo. Now look, Dallas has a much better offensive line. So what Dallas is going to be able to do is protect their quarterback and open up running lanes for Zeke Elliott, and that is the only shot that Dallas has, in my opinion, to win this football game. Carolina is a good team. They were a good team last year. I think they're going to be a better team this year. What did Carolina finish last year? They finished 11-5, and tied for the division lead with the Saints. They didn't win the division on the tiebreaker, but this was a good football team last year that was very good at home, 6-2. and You look at the Cowboys, they did win six road games last year. They were actually crummy at home, but really good on the road. But we got to see whether that's actually going to continue into this season or not. I'm making the safe play here. I'm hammering the Carolina Panthers at home to beat Dallas, along with 77% of people picking in the Yahoo game. And when I say I'm hammering them, this is what that means. On the line, Carolina favored by three points at home. I'm going to take that full field goal. Let's go Carolina minus three. Total in the game is set at 42 and a half points. I think the total probably goes over. Dallas's defense did not strike me as a very good defense last season. Now, scoring-wise, they were fairly decent, actually. It was a little over 20 points a game, but they gave up a lot through the air. You can run on this team. You can throw on them. So I, I just I just think Carolina is going to have too much firepower here. I think they're going to run up their points. So let's go over 42.5. And, and the last game we're going to look at here before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for Week 1 sees the Oakland Raiders playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. This two markedly different stories about how you handle your superstar defensive player. The Rams got the deal done with Aaron Donald, got him locked up long term. The Raiders said, eh, price tag too high for Khalil Mack, traded him to the Chicago Bears, who you'll note we haven't talked about yet. I think that in part shows a commitment from the Raiders to not being very good this year. Now look, this team's got weapons. Marshawn Lynch can still get it done on the ground. Derek Carr is still an above average, a good, maybe even a very good quarterback. But you don't let Khalil Mack go to another team. At the very least, they traded him out of the AFC. How do you, one of the best defensive players in the league, game breaking. How do you let him go? I get it that the price tag is high, but man. Uh, the Rams are potentially the most well-balanced team in the NFL. They can throw the ball. They can certainly run the ball with Todd Gurley. Their defense is stout, doesn't give up a ton of yardage, doesn't give up a ton of points. Uh, even though the game is in Oakland, is it really even a road game? I mean, they're both Californian teams. Uh, you got to take the Rams in this one, I think. I would say the Raiders' only chance to win this game is if Marshawn Lynch absolutely goes off and the run game absolutely goes off. You could put up some ground yardage on the Rams last season, but through the air, I don't think it's going to happen. And just in general, I don't think it's going to happen. So let's take the Rams on the road, quote-unquote, to beat Oakland. I'm in line with 83% of the people picking on Yahoo!, on the line, the Rams are favored by four points on the road, quote-unquote. So Oakland, four-point dogs in their own building. So I, I kind of thought about that for a little bit, but I really think this is going to be the Rams all day. I think they make a statement here in the first game of the season to lead into what's going to be a very good season in L.A. So let's take the Rams minus four at Oakland. Total in the game, 49.5 points. 
It's two decent offenses, two offenses that have weapons, two offenses that can score points. Granted, the Rams' defense is pretty good, but you can score some points on them, and you can certainly score points on Oakland. Let's take over in that. It's a fairly high number at 49.5, but I think we're going to take the over in L.A. Oakland. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week one of the 2018 NFL regular season. We start, as always, with the bronze pick. And in the bronze pick, the Detroit Lions will play host to the New York Jets. This is an opportunistic pick for me as far as I'm concerned. I'm taking the Lions here, and it's because of a variety of factors. The Jets don't particularly travel all that well. And I mean, granted, the Jets had a down season last year, like they've had multiple, multiple times, but they only won one road game all of last season. And against the NFC, they lost all four games that they played last season. You take a look at Detroit, Detroit, four and four at home. They're actually a little bit better on the road than they were at home, but that defense plays better in their own building. I see it with my own eyes. I hope other people do as well, but I feel like that defense just ratchets it up in their home building. But look, this is, again, this is just opportunistic. This is the Jets not knowing, kind of like Jacksonville a few years ago, not knowing how to win games on the road. I don't think it starts in week one. So I'm going to take Detroit at home to beat the Jets, along with 94% of people picking in the Yahoo game. On the line, however, Detroit favored by a full six and a half points, and that's just too many for me because the one thing the Jets can do is they can play some defense. So I think in what's going to be a low-scoring game, spoilers, I'm taking under the 44 and a half point total. I think I got to take the Jets side of that. It's just a couple too many points for me. So I like Detroit straight up to beat the Jets in Detroit. I like the Jets plus six and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 44 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. My silver pick, Battle of the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers playing host to the Chicago Bears. And again, Bears making a huge splash in acquiring Khalil Mack. That underrated, very good Chicago Bears defense from last season gets a whole hell of a lot better and will really test that Packers offensive line. But that's about where my praise for Chicago ends. That and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard can definitely do some damage on the ground. Through the air, I expect very little from the Chicago Bears this season. Mitch Trubisky, I'm assuming he'll probably take a step forward, but how huge of a step forward is that going to be? You look at the Green Bay Packers side of things, they have invested in their defense. Well, I mean, they've invested in Aaron Rodgers, but they've invested in their defense through the draft, they focused on improving the defense, brought in such a huge weapon in Jimmy Graham. Devontae Adams, now the clear-cut, undisputed number one wide receiver in Green Bay after they shed themselves with Jordy Nelson. And look, I shouldn't say that like Jordy Nelson's a bad player. He's just getting older, and I believe the returns are going to start diminishing there. You invest in your young guy, which is what Green Bay has done. I expect the Packers to win this football game. Divisional rivals, they play each other a bunch. They know each other very well. Green Bay should, by now, know how to win this football game, especially in their own building. So let's take the Packers at home to beat the Bears, along with 95% of people picking in the Yahoo game. On the line, the Packers are favored by seven and a half full points at home, and that's, I think, just too many for me, especially against a good defense. I think this is going to be a scratch and claw type of game. I think this is going to be close the entirety of the game, and I mean, it's not unfathomable that Chicago finds a way to win this football game and upset Green Bay in Green Bay. It's not unfathomable. So seven and a half points, it's just too many for me, so I'm going to go Chicago plus seven and a half total in this game is set at 47 and a half points uh, another really tough one but again I don't know what I'm going to get from the Chicago Bears on the offensive side of the football so let's go under the 47 and a half points so Green Bay beats Chicago straight up in Green Bay but I like the Bears plus seven and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 47 and a half points that is the silver pick
My gold pick for week one sees the Minnesota Vikings, my Super Bowl champion Minnesota Vikings, playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. I really like Minnesota in this game. Yes, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, it's the 49ers. I just don't necessarily know that the Niners are a better football team right now than they were last season. It certainly doesn't help that Jarek McKinnon, boom, went down. He's done for the year. So, Going to be some question marks there in the backfield, naturally, for San Francisco. And if they can't run the football, they're going to force Jimmy Garoppolo to try and have to win consistent football games for them. He did it at the tail end of last season, but you got to question how much longer that might continue. So the only chance I think that the 49ers have is to win this game on the defensive side. I just don't think they're going to do it. They were the number 25 scoring defense in the NFL last season. And in terms of total defense, they were down there as well, number 24. You can throw on them. You can run on them. I think Minnesota is going to do both. So let's take the Vikings at home to beat the 49ers along with 88% of people picking in the Yahoo game. On the line, Vikings are favored by six points at home. It will certainly help the Vikings offense now to have Dalvin Cook back as kind of that bell cow style three down back. Vikings are favored by six points. I think I got to take that. It's under a touchdown. You can score on the Niners defense, even though the, like the defense is better, but you can still score points on them. And it is very difficult to score on the Vikings defense. So we're going to take Minnesota minus six total in the game is set at 46 and this is one of my most confident over under plays of the week take the under I mean that's a lot of points for you know I, I, trying to score on the Vikings defense that's just way too many points there I would have expected this to be like a 43 44 but we're at 46 we're gonna take the under so Minnesota beat San Francisco in Minnesota I like the Vikings minus six against the spread in a game that stays under 46 points, that is the gold pick. And my platinum pick sees the New Orleans Saints playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Won't waste a lot of time on it. New Orleans in a walk. So I'm definitely taking the Saints here along with 97%. You heard that right. 97% of the people making picks on Yahoo. I mean, look, you don't have Jameis Winston. Uh, your run game is questionable at best. The guy that probably should be your starting running back had a hot fart on a dry day of a preseason. So how can you justify rolling him out there? I don't see anything special from the Bucks on the defensive side of the ball. Meanwhile, you look at the Saints and the Saints are very good on both sides of the ball. So I, this is going to be an absolute destruction as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to take the Saints at home to beat the Bucks On the line, Saints are favored by 9.5. You know what? It's less than 10 points. We're going to take it. Saints minus 9.5. Total in the game is 49.5 points. I legitimately think that the Saints could come close to covering that on their own. So we're going to take over 49.5 points. So Saints straight up. New Orleans minus 9.5. Game goes over 49 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. Whew. It's tough getting back into the swing of things. All right, folks, those are your week one picks for the 2018 NFL regular season. It's time for the comment of the week. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to go through all four parts here very quickly of episode zero. And I'm going to grab you the best comment from each one of those parts. So part one was my NFC predictions and the comment from that uh, from that episode, from that part of that episode, definitely goes to Chris Carter, the Hatbox Kid. And I'll take this opportunity to mention to everyone, this comment led to a jersey bet between myself and Chris Carter. You can find out more information about that on the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, but essentially it's all based around the Packers' win total, assuming Aaron Rodgers plays the full season. But in part, Hatbox's comment was, I agree with most of your NFC predictions on here, but for my bold prediction, there's no way in hell the Packers go 11-5. and I'd even go on record to say they won't even break double-digit wins this season. Looking at their overall schedule, I'm feeling anywhere between 7-9 and and 9-7 and is a little more reasonable for them they are not the team we all think them to be and in my humble opinion are extremely overrated all in capital letters 
We take a look at the AFC prediction video, and the comment from that video goes to Martin Wong, uh, a long-standing member of the NFL YouTube prognostication community. His comment was, Justin, just wanting to mention, I love your theme song for your NFL prediction podcasts. It's becoming so iconic for you, letting the listener know that some fantastic NFL info will be forthcoming from you. Martin, thou doth flatter just the right amount. I actually just realized now, too, that I actually missed the top 50 Dynasty Fantasy Football players for 2018 that got slightly invalidated because I had Darius Geis on the list, who then proceeded to injure himself for the whole season. But the comment from that video, the top 50 Dynasty Fantasy Football players, goes to the man, the myth, the legend, Gio DeFranco, who commented simply, that was really good, JR. Bravo, buddy. And sometimes the simplest comments are the best ones. And from the fourth and final part of episode zero, which was my Super Bowl 53 prediction plus the Q&A, the comment from that video goes to poorboy102 with an excellent comment here based on my Super Bowl prediction, which was Minnesota over Pittsburgh. Chargers are my upset Super Bowl champions. They will be playing to capture LA from the Rams. I like your Steelers pick because I don't think the Pats will get there this time. The trouble with the Vikings is that they will have a QB that is horrible. I mean horrible in big games. Pittsburgh would have been my second pick. So thank you to Chris Carter, Gio DeFranco, Martin Wong, and Poorboy102. All four of you share the inaugural comment of the week from the 2018-2019 NFL Football Pick Show. All right, folks, my voice is starting to give, so that's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by my very quickly diminishing cup of nerd teas. Today's blend, by the way, was chocolate cake. Mm-mm-mm, so damn delicious. Thank you for listening to the week one picks. We will see you again next week for week two, and ideally the show won't be quite as long. Sorry, I was just... Very excited to get back into my rhythm, and uh, it'll be quicker next week. Bye!